the title of the talk is Dokasan, which means interview with the teacher. And my blood sugar is low, so if I seem like my energy is not so good, it's because it's not very good. So it'll take me a few minutes for the, what was that you gave me? Apple cider. Apple cider for that to bring me back into the room. So someone come up, so let's have a volunteer for someone to come up and ask, uh, ask uh, a question. No volunteers? Cowards. Are you going to volunteer? Come ahead. Yes, just sit anywhere. You can bring a, a cushion with you if you like. Come a little closer. A little closer. A little closer. A little closer. You don't have to look at the camera, you just so we can see the back of your head. <laughs> a little closer than that. That's good. I don't know if I need to ask you a question being this close. <laughs> my stick. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, so in about a, a week or a week and a half, I'm going to be going into solitary retreat. Yes. And I'm wondering what the function of a solitary retreat is. So a good question. So the idea, this isn't uh, particularly practiced as a form in the Soto uh, tradition, but it is in the Tibetan tradition, it's emphasized. There's not too much group sitting in Tibetan tradition. A lot of it is, most of it traditionally is uh, done in solitary. So you're all by yourself. Uh, sometimes for months. We're not doing that at this point, but I think we're going to be doing 10 days. Uh, a little bit more. A little bit more, a couple of weeks. Uh, like 12 or 13 days. Okay, so um, the, the function of that is, and you've done retreat practice before. Uh, so the, the function, the idea there is that you're completely weaning yourself away from any, uh, what we call entertainment, any outside input and keeping it to a bare minimum. Uh, whereas in, uh, in Sashin or something where there's a group practice, uh, there's, there's more distraction, more activity, interacting with others, eating with others, and so on uh, in Orioki. There's a lot more uh, opportunity to distract yourself from uh, the processes that are happening in your own mind, which are mainly self-centered, self-serving. So by going into retreat, you're isolating yourself artificially. You're deliberately going into a situation that is uncomfortable because you're all by yourself and you get to look, you have your, the only person that is uh, your company is your crazy uh, uh, thought patterns. So it's an opportunity through the sitting practice of meditation. I recommend eight hours a day, four in the morning, two in the afternoon, two in the evening, uh, reading maybe uh, one, possibly two Dharma books. And this way you're, the only thing that's happening in that time uh, is uh, you. You're there, you have the wall, you have, like, do the sutras, read a dharma book, and uh, very simple, take care of your bodily functions and so on, and eat. Uh, and so it's the idea of, of reducing the amount of input so that the input that you're having is mainly from your own thought patterns so that you can get a really close look at those without any break. So you have the a 10-day, 20-day, 30-day, or whatever the length of time may be, 
It's uh, you're you're just deliberately isolating yourself so that you can intensify uh, the the awareness practice more. Is a solitary retreat necessary for insight into one's mind? Well, it's hard to know uh, because it is possible to have a spontaneous uh, awakening without any practice at all if, if the karma that is, is preceding a particular incarnation is powerful enough, it's possible. There could be a trigger that one could trigger, be triggered into realization. Unlikely. So it seems that uh, from the Zen tradition, sitting practices are very important. Shikantaza, Zazen, and in the Tibetan practice, Tibetan uh, uh, way of looking at this uh, is an emphasis on um, spending a lot of time looking at your mind and uh, retreat practice uh, is a, a way to increase that. So you could say um, probably it is important. It would be different with each person. So I wouldn't send anybody into retreat. I may recommend it, but I wouldn't send anybody into retreat unless they're fully ordained, and then I would tell them what to do, which is what I'm doing with you, I think. No? Is it your idea? Well, maybe I shouldn't let you go. <laughs> So no, it's uh, it's it's appropriate. So you, it would be your idea, but it's something I would agree with. Is a solitary retreat something that uh, somebody can do on their own, uh, in the sense of not functioning with a teacher? Well, they could, um, but it would, it would be your own kind of situation. Uh, it's hard to say. I can't really say. I'm not going to say, oh, that won't work. It might. I would think it would be a lot more difficult and a, a lot more possibility of getting enamored of your own uh, thought patterns and get, uh, kind of falling in love with your with your insight. This is called a pratyaka Buddha, a self-styled. Uh, it's one of the, the three, uh, the, the shavaka, shavaka yana, the pratyaka Buddha yana, and the bodhisattva yana are the, the three that describe the way that the three kinds of uh, uh, practitioners are described in uh, the Mahayana path. So I'm more likely to get trapped into some kind of self-styled, uh, I'm going to attain enlightenment for myself. Uh, other people are on their own. Whereas the Bodhisattva Yana, you're, you're not on your own. No one's on their own. I mean, no one is left out. Everyone is included. You're practicing for others. Uh, yourself and for others at the same time. Whereas Prajeka Buddha, that would kind of show up. Uh, we tend to get, if we went to retreat and sit for any length of time, we kind of get kind of proud of being able to do that. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. That kind of pride. So the teacher's around to uh, kind of tweak your nose, kind of. But when uh, somebody who's on the Bodhisattva path is practicing for the benefit of others, is that something that shows up as a, an insight or a, a, like a natural scene? Say more on that. It's, it seems like it's difficult to see how a, a Prachika Buddha can practice for just their benefit without it being conceptual. Without it being conceptual? Yeah, they would. Everyone would go through that to some extent. But it's just not, it's just uh, uh, stages on the path. So you might go through, sh- start in with uh, hearing about the Dharma and practicing, and then you 
might start to build up into some kind of uh, strong ego who's getting somewhere. Uh, quite often that, that can happen without having uh, a teacher or a sangha. The sangha, the community, is also very important to um, if you get too puffed up. Then uh, just being around people who can see how puffed up you are, they won't let you get away with that too long. They might not come out and outwardly criticize you, but you can kind of feel it when someone's looking at your neurosis. How does one respond to that kind of a feeling? What kind? How does one relate to the feeling of Sangha looking at their neurosis? Just include. Don't, don't, don't push it away. Don't endeavor to get over it or uh, not respond to it. Just, uh, just include whatever the feeling is. As you've heard me say many times, don't agree with it. Don't object to it, and don't distract yourself from it. Those are the three poisons. Those are the three ways, uh, the three modes that uh, happen, three ways of describing neurosis or the function of the grasping at a self, grasping at other. Use that, and that's that. And then the operation behind that is hope and fear, hoping for something better, fearing something worse. What else? Is there anything more that can help me understand the function of a retreat? Before I go into <clears throat> so the forms are very strong. The hours are set out, and I would just say just follow the hours. Uh, don't do anything different than that. Don't do anything extra. Don't don't necessarily try to fluff anything up or tamp anything down. Don't don't do anything. Just just uh, uh, go in just like you're getting on a on a bus or on a train. Just get on in the in the 14 days or whatever it is or out and get off. And just uh, in that time, just follow the forms as closely as you can. Don't add, don't do any math at all. Are you smiling? Why is that humorous? You like math? And if you do find yourself spontaneously adding or, or you know, assuming something or uh, fluffing something up into something, this means that, must mean that, must mean that, then just watch that. You don't, you don't have to stop anything that happens, especially if it's happening spontaneously. It's just occurring. That laugh was for Rumi. That what? That laugh was for Rumi? Oh, okay. Yeah. Rumi needs a laugh. He'll probably give it back to you one of these days. Anything else? So before we go to another uh, person, any questions about how how that interview took place? Anything anything about how what form that takes or at all? Yes, sir. I'm wondering about um, when we have formal dokusan in the hojo, if there's any type of form or protocol um, that we should be aware of. So some of you might know uh, in, in traditional Zen. Uh, temples, monasteries, uh, you would do three prostrations, uh, prostrate to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and uh, when you come in and when you leave, and I don't require any, the only people that I require to do that are fully ordained monks, and the people in the room that are fully ordained as monks know that that's part of their practice, but I don't do that with everyone because I think we should uh, go a little slower before we just start having everybody do forms that... Uh, uh, too soon. That's why we're we go slow. Um, you could also there's a 
the tradition of uh, offering dana or generosity. You could either do that before you come in through the as a in the box there that uh, that uh, it has uh, the teacher's name on it, my name in this case, or you can come in and present an envelope to the teacher. That's also we do it that way. You don't really right, enforce anything. People can do it however they want to. They can also come and not uh, offer anything at all. It helps to do that. Helps the teacher to continue to teach. And so it will quite a bit depends on how you're if you're able to. We don't want to uh, make it uh, like a, a a fee for services like a therapist or something. It's not therapy. Yes. Along what you just said that it's not therapy. Is there anything that would be not necessarily appropriate to do or? Uh, to use Dokusan for? Not a good idea to come in and argue with the teacher. Even if you if you have something to say and along that line, you should do it outside of Dokusan. That just doesn't mean you can't come in and discuss something that is a little controversial, but uh, it doesn't work too well to to come in and, and, and do that when you what you're trying to do is get the help of the teacher. And the teacher is a human being, you're a human being, supposedly. And uh, so I would say try to use it as a, as a time when you can ask questions about your practice and about how to work with your mind. And then when the teacher responds, however they respond, just receive it. This doesn't mean you can't discuss. But I'm, the reason I bring that up is occasionally I have uh, people come in who <laughs> they're they're not because I'm such a wonderful person, but the the structure of that is meant to to help someone with their uh, lack of understanding around their how their mind is working. It's a good idea to use it for that purpose. More? When you say that um, Dokusan is not therapy, um, how would you differentiate what Dokusan is? Uh, Dokusan is uh, therapy, and I'm not saying all therapy, so there might be somebody who has a totally different understanding, but therapy is uh, basically about uh, healing you, getting you better on some level. And I'm not saying Dokusan couldn't do that also. It may be doing that. You may you may experience it like that. But the fundamental uh, intention around Dokusan is to uh, help you get some insight into the fundamental nature of who you are and what this apparent separate reality is. So it's not it's not about getting you to have a healthy ego or to walk out with a high self-esteem. Uh, the whole idea of self-esteem is is just a it's it's just a lack of understanding about the nature of of uh, everything, the nature of you could say reality. It's thinking that things some things are good and things are some things are bad, and the things that are bad need need to be changed into good things. More about that's a good question. Um, you said that Dokusan is not about coming out. With a healthy ego or feeling better about yourself necessarily, yeah. um, might it show up that we we are confused or not understand what the teacher is? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. If you if you understand uh, what what is happening in Dokusan, uh, then you have not really understood. I'm talking about the conventional sense of understanding. I'm not saying you couldn't go in and and feel supported or feeling feel feeling help around that idea or, or, or being happy that you did that or want to do that again. I'm not saying, but the, 
but feeling you understood uh, something might be a little premature. More about that if you haven't, that's good. You feel like the teacher's not helping you? Yeah, that's probably likely. <laughs> like this is not, this is, I just feel worse. Or I, and I don't, I, and it's so different with each person. Everyone has their own neurosis or their own misunderstandings. Everybody's going to have a different kind of, I mean, it can't be, it can't be too terrible or you, you just leave. And people occasionally leave if they misunderstand what's happening and then see that as an opportunity to just shut down and leave the teacher, then that can happen. It's happened in this situation with this person. And come up with all kinds of stories about why that's not working or this isn't a good thing or I can't do this anymore or I need to find another teacher. This teacher's uh, mistreating me or whatever it may be. It doesn't, have, it doesn't take much for that to happen, as you know. So that's why I often say, don't, don't ask for Jukai unless you really want to do this. Because as you go deeper into, into who you are and how you confuse yourself, it can be, uh, shall we say, embarrassing. That's why the, Buddha, the, Dharma, the model of the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, is so powerful because if you use that as a structure, the teaching person, what is being taught, and the community of people, if you use all three, uh, then there's a good possibility you can you can realize who you are in this lifetime. Shoto? When you do the... Uh, I'm looking at the bug crawling on the computer. When you have open interviews in here, yes. Um, what's the teaching in that for um, the people that are observing that? I don't know. What do you think? You're observing this and you're not Michelle. So what you would see... Be, Michelle would say, I'm just not picking on Michelle, but man, well, maybe I am, a little bit. But I mean, you know, it would be, it would be so different. It would, it would be, there's no way I could just generalize, well, this will help you understand this or that. It may, may not be, it may be more confusing. Uh, what I would think you should look at right now is uh, how you did not offer to come up here. You going to correct me? <laughs> yes. Happening in Dokusan when uh, sometimes I come in and I have a lot of questions, but then suddenly they don't arise anymore. It just happens to just about everybody. <laughs> I, I don't know how many people come in and say, I had a lot of questions till I got in here. What is that? Isn't that interesting? Even the people that write them down forget to bring them. And then the people that write them down can't read what they said. I think there's probably a few other things that can happen too. The dog ate it. Isn't that one? Dog ate my homework. One more. Just that sometimes the question that I wrote down doesn't make sense anymore. Aha! Mm. I like that. That's progress. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. How can we relate to the form of Dokusan if we don't have a practice question at the time? Just come in. I mean, if you're a, if you're a a resident of the monastery situation, which you are, I would just say, just come in. You know, it doesn't have to be every day or even every week, but just uh, come in once in a while, sit down and talk a little bit. Or you see what I'm saying? Maybe you don't have a question, but isn't it odd that you don't have a question? Yes. I mean, I after all, I'm carrying this, all this information around. <laughs> you say I don't really have a question, and I look down and think, how about? Yes. 
it's a joke. I don't have anything more. I think personally, a question usually will come up that I maybe not have realized I had until I came in there. Uh -huh. I find that I'm always trying to look to, to keep it formal. Like there's some kind of uh, gatekeeping to when I would want to come in there. Like I don't want to come in there for something trivial. So I'm guessing yeah. how do we relate to I don't know. You could maybe, after you ask the question, ask me if I think that's trivial. <laughs> that's not very funny. Um, you very rarely time interviews. Yes. Sometimes some of us can have quite long marathon interviews. Is mm -hmm. there any, uh, should we be conscious of time or respecting the teacher's time in an interview? I, I leave it up to you to do that. I'm not too concerned with the time, other than when we have a, and all day uh, at the end of the month, and people are coming from a distance where you know, then we tend to, but even that timed interview is like 10 minutes, and then if it just keep, it could keep going on for another 20 minutes or so on occasion, just because we're talking about something more on that. I'm just, I was just wondering if there's any, you talked about, you know, if possible providing down to the teacher, but yeah. if there's any other, um, responsibility that the student has in the context of Dokusan? <clears throat> well, traditionally it's kept fairly short and it's, uh, it's extremely formal. If you've ever done prostrations in front of a, someone, some other priest, I don't know if you have or not, but if you have, then pretty formal and it's, and it's uh, even uh, sometimes even un kind of unfriendly. That's the way it is. So I don't know as far as any other function. Can you think of something? Um, well, I just notice how you don't. I, I notice things that I impose on myself or my projections of Dokusan, but I notice that you don't really have a lot of rules around time or limiting it to certain types of questions or, or any of that. That probably could change. But I, as you know, uh, Having been here for seven years, I do things very slowly. I think very slowly. I used to, I used to think, it's almost a joke. I used to think that thinking very slowly was not so good, and I wish I could think faster. But now I don't think about wishes. Or Andrew, is any meeting with you in the hojo a formal dokusan? No. Well, sometimes we're just talking about how to work on my computer, <laughs> especially in your case. So no, it's not a formal one. Is you know they, they it varies. So what makes it a formal dokuzan? You do. So and that's why I don't I don't want to tighten up. We already have pretty strong forms. Uh, the form that I emphasize that I started out with here is uh, is that. I think it was six and a half hours of sitting meditation every day. It didn't start when you came here. And this this comes out of a realization of how important it is to, to, to do shikantaza, to do just formless meditation for long periods of time. Our, our minds are so in love with, uh, with the, 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 uh, the confusion that it calls clarity. We're so enamored of that that it takes some strong, uh, deliberate looking at what's coming and going, coming and going to realize that it's circular. 
that you're not getting anywhere. You're, you can't get anywhere. That's the, the illusion that ego has, that there's always something else and we're getting somewhere. It, it thinks everything is going from this to that when it's going like this. So that's a form that uh, I didn't... Um, I just knew that had to happen without too much thinking about it. Whereas other forms like Dokusan, um, which I call interviews or open interview, or this is an open interview, or um, I'm just taking, I don't know, taking my time. I don't know. I don't know. It could change tomorrow into something else. Just like, uh, you know, just the forms are changing. Just like we just recently started doing the Jizo Dharani because of situations that came up that I've been thinking about it for a year or two about other chants, especially that kind of a chant that just never would come up and it just wouldn't stick. Just like the just like the mother lineage that was recently added on that we didn't do for a long time. Sean? What's the best way to prepare for a Dokuzan? I think it would vary, uh, rather than saying, oh, you should do this or this. I think it varies. Some people are always prepared for that. Some people are always, there is no prep preparation. Then other people may need to um, sit down and reflect on their practice, see what, what issues are in the practice that, that, that are continually coming up that might be good to get some feedback on. Like if some, just as an example, say, if someone is experiencing falling asleep a lot, probably should come and talk to me about it. So if you... If you don't do that, if you're falling asleep a lot, and it's problematic when you're falling asleep, that you can't quite stay awake and you keep nodding off, but you never mention it to me, then you, know, you probably should. You probably should write it down. Or if you're getting, if your your thought patterns are, are such that they're causing intense difficulty, you should talk about that a, a little bit so that I can give you some feedback that may be supportive based on having done this a lot. So you, you might want to prepare. Uh, some people prepare a lot. Some people come in with long lists of things and take them one at a time, and that's fine. I, I, don't, I don't have any. I don't have a... People also come in and... Uh, what I was going to say is I don't have an idea about how it should be. I, I wait, and, and what, I, what I often say is I try to meet people, excuse me, where they're at. And that's the best way to really someone's not having any issues with anything, then they just come in and sit and um, might have one question, might not, might come in and say, didn't have any questions. And then, then I might have a question for you. So how's this going? Or are you still working at this place? Or are you still, how are you, you know, various things about how you're feeling? Or, so it's somewhat conversational, but not exactly. More about that? Not quite sure how to phrase the question, but how can we best take advantage of, best make use of the teacher's time and in that conversation and that question? If that makes any sense? Yeah, sure. It does make sense. Sit a lot. Do a lot of sitting meditation as much as you as much as you can possibly schedule and get done. Sit down. Hold still, watch what comes and goes and comes and goes without adding to it, subtracting from it, or shutting down as much as you can. So that when you when you come in, to, since you're asking about uh, meeting in the Hojo, uh, when you come into the Hojo, your, 
some clarity about you've already had a lot of things come and go and come and go. So when you come in, you're, you're just there, you're present. And then what needs to come up in that dynamic probably will without you necessarily even planning. Come in and just, you're just there, you're just present. We may sit and look at each other for a while. And I may say, so? And you might say, give me this mudra. So it's it's a it's about the that just however that dynamic is going to be different with everyone depending on the way in which you're uh, are confused, the way in which your your difficulty or your the, the stress factor that's happening with with any one of us um, is not to be gotten rid of so much as that we need to see what what is that rather than get rid of it before we've even looked at it. So uh, sometimes uh, sitting meditation is called voluntary dissatisfaction. You're volunteering to come in and, and look at what it feels like when you're not filling it up with thoughts and ideas and activity and moving this way, moving that way, and the body's holding very still, then what I sometimes say, what is arising is exactly what you need to see because it's probably that aspect of your dynamic that is, is showing up. The very thing that's probably giving you some difficulty during the day, during the week. More? Any other questions? Yes, Shoto. Is it important to to fill you in on just things that are going on in our lives? There again, it's it's totally up up to you. You know, some you know, some people I actually not don't have to be nosy about it, but I, some people I want to know more what's happening, uh, and we just like in our we have people who are in relationships in this. Uh, Monastery, which is pretty unusual for a monastery. And usually they're men or women, separate, separate, and we don't do that here. We even have a baby here, so probably we're going to have a lot more babies here. <laughs> that seems to be what happens. Uh, and I think that's a, a good good approach. I think the, uh, kind of a family idea is a good idea to work with us. But that doesn't mean we back off on the forums like the sitting meditation the structure of everything, and then people relate to it however they can personally. So you're, you're, go ahead, you have a question further. Is more inclusion in what's going on with us personally help you teach us? You know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't break it down that way. I mean, I could see how it could be expressed that way, but when you say that, I, I have to actually think about it to think if that's what's happening, because I don't really have any idea. I don't really think in a linear way. Uh, I, they're, they're, <laughs> I don't know how to say this, sometimes I start to laugh. So if I start to look at it, it, it seems funny, because what I understand, you understand too. But you shut off from it. Just just be genuine, just be, be the neurosis that you keep trying to get rid, getting rid of. Uh, and, and in that way, you can understand how that functions, because who you are fundamentally is not separate from the Buddha. And that's why in ancient times, this is why... Uh, Especially the Zen masters of ancient times would, you know, pow! Their students who were stubborn students. I don't know if they were hitting anybody or not, but they're quite often the stories are like that, where they they have it's like the teacher gets kind of exasperated with the student because he keeps saying, telling them and telling them and telling them, and, uh, and the student keeps uh, not understanding, so they smack them one. I haven't done that yet. 
Yes. Could somebody sit up there and function as a teacher and think linearly and still meet people where they are? It would be harder uh, to because the, the linear quality tends to take you into a thought process about something. So if I were to start thinking about you, uh, like a psychologist or a therapist, and thinking about you in that way, then then I would be drawn into trying to your own difficulty would magnetize me into fi trying to fix you or repair you. I would separate myself from you because I'm not having that difficulty. But when I talk to you, I'm actually having the difficulty you tell me about. Not separate. So it's not as you you don't. That's why when they say uh, if you meditate, all your suffering will go away. No. You'll go away, but the suffering gets worse. But you don't mind, because there's no sufferer anymore. Might sound like a sales pitch. I'm certainly not intended that way. Do you seem to see our neurosis pretty clearly? Do you ever see yours? Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out all the time. It doesn't really look like neurosis. What does it look like? Say it. No. That's your mind. That's what you're looking at. That's what this is for. Uh, fundamentally, nothing is separate, but we have to separate into a teacher and a student so that you can see that. At some point, my mind, your mind, and the mind of the, the teaching person uh, are no longer separate. That's where it starts at, if it if it's actually functions in the way that it's intended. Are we projecting clarity onto you? Probably. It depends on how much you're receiving and how much you're projecting, and if you can tell the difference. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> you're busy projecting clarity. <laughs> the whole idea of clear and not clear is, that's part of the thing. We think some things are clear and some things are not clear. We, we de deliberately separate. That bug is really good at hanging on to stuff. Look at that. You just climbed up that cord. Could you do that? Is it a, it's one of those stink bugs, I think. Is there another name for those bugs? Brown marrow. What? Brown marrow mated bug. Brown marrow mated? That's like technical name. Thanks. Yes. Kevin Townley from Brooklyn, New York has a question. Very good, Kevin. He asks, if we can't get to the root of anything, then how can we see the causes and conditions of afflictive thoughts in meditation practice? <laughs> just keep going. It's just a matter of just, in spite of the, the frustration, in spite of the dissatisfaction, in spite of the disappointment of not feeling like you're really getting anywhere, just keep going anyway. There is, there's no one who becomes enlightened. That's because there isn't anyone. If there's no one here, and there's no one out there, then what is this? And the afflictive emotions are just, you know, advertisements for self-centeredness. You don't have to buy and sell anything. Don't do anything with it. Don't get rid of it. Don't explain it. Don't do anything with it. Unless you're Uno, and then you can write it down. It's difficult to, 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 like, for instance, Kevin's question, it's difficult to go in that, go into that question and respond to it in a way that is going to fundamentally help us understand. 
what this is without going into some kind of elaboration on it. The elaborations is a trap. And that's why we study all this to see you can so you can see how elaborate this whole path is. How how Dogen is a good example of someone who will start to elaborate and then go the other direction. He'll start to explain something and then he'll just totally reverse so that so that what he's just said doesn't really make any sense. But there's something about his way of doing that that it it has some uh, some kind of gravity to it. Does anyone know how, how he does that? And, he, and it's translated out of the Japanese into English, and yet it's still powerful. Firewood does not become what? Ash. William Murray from Grand Rapids has a question. William. He asks, is the teacher and student's mind the same because the individual's mind processes the senses and thoughts? No. <clears throat> The because is extra. We're going into. I'm not saying that there isn't something to what's being what he's asking about, but if you go there, then you're right back to circularity, validating the circularity as being the the foundation or the baseline of everything. Anyone want to come up and? I guess we don't have any time left. That went fast. Was I talking really fast? No, wait. It's when you talk slow that things go fast. Or is it the other way around? <laughs> Further questions about Dokusan or any final questions? Junch, Junchu? Um, may I ask? Did you say that when I look at you and I don't see neurosis, I'm looking at my mind? Mm hmm. So when I look here, it looks like neurosis, and when I look there, it doesn't. Because you think there's a difference. And, and part of it is reinforced by how you feel. If you Don't believe your thoughts or your feelings. Don't ignore them, but don't think that the feeling means something. I mean, other than, you know, fire is hot or ice is cold. You're, you're, you're actually looking at yourself. Which is not doesn't mean I'm you. This physical form, this physical form. We're not talking about the, the chemistry of anything. We're talking about the fundamental nature of this. It's not separate. Good question. Further on that? How do I feel? Just work at it. And so when you have a feeling, notice that you believe it. You believe it. That's all you have to do. Just notice that you're believing. You just stop believing it. Noticing that you're adding something to the the feeling is there. And you're adding something to the feeling that the feeling means that, or feeling must mean this, or anytime you have any kind of feeling, you would say, you add on, how, why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling this way? Rather than just, you're just feeling this, and then you're feeling that, feeling sleepy, feeling happy. As it says in the, in the Sadhana Mahamudra by the Dorje Dradala Mukpo, Good and bad, happy and sad, all thoughts vanish into emptiness like the imprint of a bird in the sky. It's just, he's just writing something, trying to say, you, we're, we're physically, we're here, and we're going to have good and bad and up and down, happy, we're going to be happy, going to be sad, all dependently arisen. But there's no person who's having that. One last question, if there is one. Thank you very much.
remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. It's a new year and we still need your help financially. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.